Can you just imagine what the singing in heaven will be like when we have what we've just had here? It's just a taste of it. Thanks for your singing. I really appreciate the opportunity to work with Randy and his family again. I'm glad that he's here working with you and appreciate all that he does in the Lord's kingdom. An older man and woman were having a little bit of difficulty expressing their love to each other as they grew older, especially the man. He'd gotten to where he just didn't say much or do anything to express his love to his wife, and she became concerned, said, I want to go to a marriage counselor. He said, nope. Yes, she said, I want you to go with me to a marriage counselor. He said, I'll go, but it won't do any good. Well, they went to the counselor, and the counselor was trying to point out some ways that they could express their love better to one another as husband and wife, and he saw he wasn't getting across to the man. So he decided to shock him. The counselor jumped up and grabbed the wife and gave her a big bear hug and looked over at the man and said, She needs this three times a week. And the man's eyes sort of popped, and he said, Well, I can bring her in on Monday and Wednesday, but I can't come on Friday. As I think of that, I'm reminded of a verse in Matthew 24, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. In Philippians, the first chapter, there's an interesting idea presented in verse 9. This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. One verse said there are some circumstances under which one's love can grow cold, wax cold. And the other one says, let your love abound, grow, get larger and abound. That's what God wants. Out of these ideas, I'm presenting a lesson tonight that I have entitled, Don't Stop Loving Me. I really think that this is a problem in many families. I think it's a problem in the church. I believe if you will study the statistics that you will find that there are more divorces taking place now after 25, 30, 35 years of marriage than's ever happened. It's not uncommon for someone to say, I just don't want to be married anymore. I don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. Sometimes in our relationship to Christ, that is the case. When I was working in Tullahoma a few years ago, we had a family in the church there who had, I think at that point, reared or been involved in rearing about 30 or 40 foster children. They were thought of in the congregation and in the community as such a wonderful couple. And one Sunday, the wife didn't come to church, and I checked, and she said, I won't be there again. I said, why? She said, I'm tired of it. She said, I'm divorcing my husband. I'm tired of him. And as far as I was able to determine, she literally divorced her husband and she divorced Christ. 
I mean, she quit. She said, I'm not interested anymore. I have no concern anymore. I am tired of it. I am not coming back. And I'm not aware if she ever did. Don't stop loving me. What happens so many times, the young man who is courting the young woman is so attentive, so mannerly, looking for so many things that he can do, and the young woman returns the favors. In expressions of concern and expressions that may grow into love. Out of that, they decide to get married. And I don't know what happens in each case. I'm persuaded there are many factors involved, but they sometimes will grow apart. There's not the same interest that there used to be. There's not the same expression of love that there used to be. And there's many a man today that might say to his wife, you've stopped loving me, or many a woman who might say to her husband, you, you don't love me like you used to. I believe there are children that I know who would say that their parents don't love them like they did at one time, and certainly many times there are parents, especially as they grow older, who are not loved by their children as they once were. It's interesting to study the family at different ages through the Bible. Look at the love that Jochebed had for Moses when he was three months old, or approximately that. Look at the love that Mary had for Christ when he was 12. Look at the love that Jacob had for Joseph when he was 17, and even for his brothers who were older to send Joseph to see about their welfare. Look at the love that David had for Absalom when Absalom was a young adult, even a rebellious young adult. 1 Timothy 5.8 suggests if we do not take care of those in our families who are older, we've denied the faith and we're worse than infidels. Look at the love that's to be there at every level of life and every age of life. And I think there is a true sense tonight in which every one of us who is here from the family standpoint could say, don't stop loving me. And I hope even after death takes place that you don't stop loving me. But you at least love my memory if you're a part of my family and a part of my circle of friends. Don't stop loving me. Don't let your love wax cold, but rather let it abound. And now having said that and emphasized that in the family setting, let's bring that over into the spiritual family, into the church. We need to be sure that we don't stop loving the new convert. I remember one man saying, you know people came to see me almost every week. They talked to me. They expressed their concern to me. Someone visited with me and was there to see me almost every week, sometimes every day, until I became a Christian. And then I haven't seen anybody since. We need to have the same kind of love and encouragement for one who's a new convert that we had for him before he became a convert. Look at the 
journeys of Paul. They went out and established churches, and then after that first missionary journey, the conversation was, let us go back and see how they're doing. Let us go back and encourage them. Folks, the new convert, the one who's just recently become a Christian, may be saying, please don't stop loving me. One who has been restored to the church, rededicated his life. Maybe in some instances is a person who'd been out of work in the church for a long time, out of the right relationship, and maybe we've been working as we should to go out and let him know we love him and we're concerned about him to bring him back. And then he comes back and he's restored, as we put it, and then we forget him. Oh, I've got somebody else. Yes, you've got somebody else, but don't stop loving that person who has just come back and been restored. He may need it at that point about as badly as anyone. In order to help him not do the same thing again, in order to help him remain faithful in the Lord's cause, don't stop loving that person. Someone moves into the community you visit with them and tell them how much you'd like to have them attend regularly at Pippin. And after several weeks of people visiting with them and showing interest in them and being friendly, they decide to become members here in whatever way people do that, place membership, be identified, at least let the elders know that they want to be a part of this congregation. And then after a little bit of time, we sort of forget that they're new. They haven't been here as long as we have. And we don't reach out to them like we used to. Don't stop loving those that are the newer members. I think that there are many times, and maybe this is unspoken, where people say, don't stop loving me after the funeral is over. There's a sickness we're out there to help. There's death. We're there to let them know we're concerned. And then three or four days later, maybe two or three weeks later, we sort of forget that widow that's over there now by herself or that widower in a few cases who's lost his wife or someone who's lost a parent and probably the greatest grief, someone who's lost a child. And loneliness begins to build up, and there's a greater degree of loneliness than there has ever been, and those of us in the church sometimes tend to sort of forget it. In fact, in too many instances, we forget them even before the funeral service and don't even have time to go by the funeral home and let them know that we care. I wonder if they're not those at least think, if they don't say, don't stop loving me after the funeral. Don't stop loving me after I've gone home from the hospital. Don't stop loving me even after I've recuperated and am back to reasonably good health. Those older members probably are saying many times to those that are a bit younger, don't stop loving me just because I have wrinkles. Don't stop loving me just because I bend just a little, or I don't walk as well as I used to, or I can't get out there and do the things with you that I used to do. 
We need to learn to look at our older members, our older women as mothers, and our older men as fathers, our younger women as sisters, and our younger men as brothers, 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 2. I wish in every congregation there could be something done, and I think there needs to be a little bit of organization on this to where every older member has some younger members in that congregation that constantly keep in touch with them. Known of instances where it was called adopt a grandparent. Judy and I have had two or three people like this down through the years, especially an older lady, one in Tullahoma who was in her 90s. We'd go by and pick her up every time, take her to church. One that lived two doors from us in Henderson for many, many years. We would see that she had what she needed. Even today, we still try to do that. And we've tried to encourage all the people in Henderson, especially when I was working with the church there, reach out to these older members. I think we've got some older members who are out there by themselves who are saying, please don't stop loving me. They may need it as much as anyone. Don't stop loving a man just because he's appointed as an elder. Don't stop loving a man just because he's a preacher. You see, we elders and preachers are almost human. And I can tell you from experience, we have our times that we're disappointed and discouraged just like everybody else. Don't stop loving me. I may not be able to do now what I used to do. I may not be able to preach like I used to preach. And as the years go by, I know there are going to be some changes. And I know I won't be able to do some of the things that I used to do, and I won't be needed for some, some of the ways that I used to be needed. But folks, please don't stop loving me. Still let me know that you love me. Don't stop loving people just because they get older, because they're elders, because they're preachers. And above all, I think God may be saying to each of us tonight, please don't stop loving me. He that endureth to the end shall be saved, Matthew 10, 22. Be thou faithful not just until, but unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life, Revelation 2.10. Time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give to me in that day. Not to me only, but unto all them that, all, that love his appearing. That's some of the last words that Paul wrote, we think, probably in the last chapter of the last letter that he wrote. And he needed to keep on serving God and did keep on serving God. He did not say, I have finished the course until just evidently a few days before he died. Please don't stop loving God. In our families, don't stop loving. In the church, don't stop loving. And for God, don't stop loving. There's a song that has been used in many of the weddings that I have performed down through the years, and 
I had not really thought about the impact of it until just recently. It's called the Twelfth of Never. You ask how much I need you, must I explain? I need you, oh my darling, like roses need rain. You ask how long I'll love you, I'll tell you true, until the twelfth of never. I'll still be loving you. Hold me close, never let me go. Hold me close, melt my heart like April snow. I'll love you till the bluebells forget to bloom. I'll love you till the clover has lost its perfume. I'll love you till the poets run out of rhyme until the twelfth of never. And that's a long, long time. Hold me close. Never let me go. Hold me close. Melt my heart with April snow until the twelfth of never. And that's a long, long time. That's just how long we need to love each other and love God. But let me close this lesson as the invitation is being extended from our Lord to those of you who need to be baptized and those who need to be restored. You can never even consider stopping to love if you don't first start to love. Have you even started to show your love for God in obedience to Him? If not, you need to start right now as together we stand and sing.